0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Appropriately, following last week's six part series called God Made You a Worker of Miracles, this week's five part message entitled Yes, You Too Can Be Healed deals with a similar subject that's been the cause for more than its share of heated debate within Christian circles the subject of divine healing. Often, the result of incorrect teaching, religious custom, or bad doctrine, Christians just don't know what their rights are to physical, emotional, or spiritual healing. Some arguing that it's merely an Old Testament phenomenon and rare in today's church. Others believing only those having the God-given gift of healing have access or that Jesus' blood shed at Calvary allows for spiritual healing only. But why are so many waiting for God to heal them when He is simply patiently waiting for them to claim it? In this life-changing series, Pastor presents irrefutable, powerful truths that healing is meant for all who believe. And yes, you too can be healed.
1: You have to know your rights and privileges. And you got to drag the devil sometimes back to Calvary. I love... I love to say one thing, you know, sometimes when you, you know, whatever, if you're fighting a physical thing or you're fighting an emotional thing or you're fighting a financial thing or whatever it be, I always like to just stand there and say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. That's why I can walk. Fearlessly, you can walk fearlessly in this life because the blood of Jesus is on us. We have been washed and covered by the blood. The blood that atoned for your sins and my sins and not only broke the power of sin, but broke the power of sickness and disease, poverty, lack, and want in our lives. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He wouldn't make you halfway free, He'll make you all the way free. He'll not only just free you from sin, he'll free you from sickness. He'll free you from disease. He'll free you from poverty. He'll free you from want, lack and insufficiency in your life. God will do the whole thing in your life. If you'll just believe him, come on somebody in this house, say amen. So healing is a real promise. God is very serious about it. We left off the last time and I'll go through it quickly, I guess. Um, how are we going to receive healing? And I found through my studies and materials that I've read over the years, I found that there are seven distinct ways or seven ways that I found in the Bible that God heals or you can receive healing. All right. We say God heals, you know, well, God is the healer, but we shouldn't be waiting here for God to do something. Do you understand that? It was already done. On the cross of Calvary. What do we just read? By his stripes, we were healed. We are? Well, if we if we are, we were. If we were, we are. It's all the same thing. If it happened there, it's still happening today. So by his stripes, we are healed. We are. If we are, we is. So by his stripes, we're that healing has already taken place. So we are not waiting for God to do it. Because some people are, well you know I am just waiting for God to heal me. God's waiting for you to believe Him. And to put your faith on the promise. And to say I believe that when you took the stripes, when you were whipped in my behalf and nailed to a cross and shed your blood that you not only broke the power of sin but you broke the power of sickness and disease. Therefore this sickness and disease can have no power or authority over my life. Come on, somebody in this house, we gotta get excited about healing. Not only for ourselves, but to be you ready? Are, are you ready? To be the dispensers of healing to a hurting generation. Because when you, as God's children, who are enlightened by the word of God, go out into the world, don't come to church and wait to play with each other. Yes. I'm talking about going out into the world with somebody who doesn't know Jesus, who's not well, and you pray for them by laying hands on them, by speaking the word of God over them, by the anointing that's in you because you believe this promise and they get healed. Let me tell you what, they're going to be pretty shook up on the inside, and what you believe is going to become pretty tempting to them because they say, This stuff must work. <laughs> what did you do? I just prayed for you. I just laid my hands on you according to the word of God. So seven ways that we find from the Bible that you can obtain healing or receive healing in your body, all right? So number one, let me just go over these quickly and I'll give you the verses, you can look at them later, but you ought to have a good command of how to receive healing. Number one, you use the name of Jesus against the devil. Demand in the name of Jesus that disease and sickness will leave. And that's the one that a lot of people use. You know, you feel, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I come again. And that's good. You all do that. We, we talked about this the last time. We went through three of these. John 14, 13, and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. And that word ask means to demand. Whatever you demand. Now, you're not demanding God. Like, say, God, jump. And he's supposed to say, how oh, high do you want me to jump? No. It means you demand from a place of authority in other words he's given you authority over sickness and disease is everybody with me he's already given you authority over sickness and disease so when it comes you demand it to leave because it comes from the enemy everybody got it so whatever you demand in the name of Jesus that's he's going to back you up he's going to back you up did you hear what I said he's going to back you up you demand that sickness goes he's going to back you up sickness is going to leave it's going to start to retreat. It's going to start to back up. You take authority over it. And don't wait until you're really entrenched in it. Start at the first sign of a headache in the name of Jesus. I curse you and take authority over you. Oh, I, I practice that all the time before it even wants to come. You see, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. All right. Number two is pray for healing. That means just a passive praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. And he said in John 16, 23, and 24, whatever you ask the Father in my name, and that is petition the Father. And that would be getting on your knees, Lord, I, I just thank you Father for this healing. And you prayerfully petition the Father in that way. Um, you pray for it, and, or if you pray for someone else, you lay hands on someone else and prayerfully pray that they would receive healing. So that's another way. Agree in prayer. And we talked a lot about that last week about make sure you know who you are getting in agreement with because you better know, better know what you're signing up for because not everybody's got a right spirit about them. That's why I'm very picky about who I get close to. I don't want no junk on me because what you've got is contagious and I don't want to be contaminated. That's why you shouldn't just let anybody lay hands on you. People always want to come and, la- well, not always, but they- I want to pray. You can pray for me, but pray over there. Because I don't know what you've got and I don't want to get it. But when you get in agreement with somebody, you better make sure that they're agree- We're agreeing on the same thing. If we're believing for healing, you better hope, you better make sure that you're not believing for healing. They're, they're, they're you know, preparing to go to your funeral. Because that's not agreement. You need someone who's at the same level spiritually and of faith that can get together because Jesus said the teaching was if two of you agree on earth, on earth, on earth, you got to get people that have their feet on the ground, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Rooted, two feet planted. He said, if two of you, and not, not weirdos that are spiritually floating around, I mean forget that stuff. I need normal people around me that have a normal faith. That we can understand, right? So if two of you agree on earth is touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. Wow. Get an agreement, it's going to be done. So you better know who you're agreeing with. All right. So another way that you can receive healing is through the anointing with oil. The anointing I'm going to read these all, Sandy will put them up on there and you can read them later. Uh, the familiar one is James five, fourteen and fifteen. It says, Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders or the spiritual guides, elders of the church. And they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. And notice what it says. I want you to pay special attention to this. Is it up there? Yes. Verse 15. And the prayer that is of faith will save... this is the Amplified Version, by the way. The prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore him. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Now, notice that the oil doesn't heal. Did you all hear what I said? The oil does not have any power in it to heal. It's the faith behind the oil that's being used that brings the deliverance and the healing. Oil is just a point of contact. That's all it is. Now, in in Mark 6, uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, and verse 13, Jesus sent out His disciples, and it says in verse 13, And they cast out many demons, and anointed with oil many who were sick, and He healed them. So, not He healed them, and they healed them, or healed them. So they went out with vials of oil, and Jesus must have taught them to do this, you anoint with oil, and it actually brought forth healing into their bodies. So we practice that. On a Sunday after church, the elders are here. They mostly agree and lay hands, but sometimes we anoint with oil. Sometimes, you know, the beginning of the year, New Year, I anoint with oil, not just to break sickness, but oil represents the Holy Spirit. Oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it's just a point of contact. And don't ask me why it works this way. This is what the instructions are. So we practice what God tells us to do. Sometimes we don't don't always understand why he wants it done this way. Like, for instance, let me ask you a question. How many of you know that when you have a headache and you take an aspirin, it takes the headache away? How many would say yes? Have you ever had a headache? Did you ever take an aspirin, Advil, whatever you take? Did the headache go away? Do you know how it works? But you still believe it and you do it. Aww. You don't understand how it works. All you know, it works. The bottle says, take two Advil with the first sign of a headache. Right? And you do, and you just say, that's it. And you walk away, and you're just waiting for the headache to leave, and the headache leaves, and you do it. Well, sometimes we don't fully understand why God has us do things. All we do is do it in faith. And when He sees the faith, you get the results. Is everybody with me? So, anointing with oil is another way that you can receive healing for your body, all right? Another one, receive healing through the laying on of hands. And that's a very common one. And these are all outlined, and I may not have all of the scriptures here, but these are the well-known ones. Receive healing through the laying on of hands. Mark's Gospel chapter 16, 15 through 18 reported that when Jesus was about to leave this earth to go back to heaven, these great words, He said many things and He ended it by saying, and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not might recover. Not sometimes recover. He said they shall recover. They shall lay hands upon the sick. Again, I don't know why God chose that method. You know? But again, why are we questioning if God said lay hands on the sick? Go find yourself some sick people and lay hands on them. And watch them recover. He said lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So laying on of hands is another way That we can receive healing. Any of these ways are outlined in the Bible and is a way that you can receive healing or even dispense healing to others. Another one was receiving healing through the gift of healing. And that one's a little bit more complicated to explain, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the nine gifts of the Spirit that are outlined there. And and one of those gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these are the best way to explain. The, the gifts. And one of these, days I think i got to do a teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I haven't done that in a long time. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in this case healing, is the supernatural manifestation of healing power from one individual to another. Now there are people uh, who are anointed or gifted um, in healing. But we all can be used by God at different times to be the vessel through whom God will work to deliver healing to someone. It's still a manifestation of the gift of, of the Spirit. In other words, it's not me healing anybody. It's God healing through me in obedience to pray for someone. So, so through, the, through the gift of healing is another way that now, you know, many years ago my mom had, um, had knee problems. I think I told the story at one of these services. She had arthritis in her knees and she couldn't walk up and down stairs. She couldn't climb on a step. And we went... To a healing meeting. And the evangelist who was preaching, she had a gift of healing upon her. In other words, it was really easy. Everybody she prayed for just about got got touched and got healed. People who do that move and are especially anointed with that gift. But we can all experience the gift of healing. We may not do that all the time, but it can manifest through our lives where we just see people get healed, you know, a lot. So that is the gift of healing. And, and that is a tough one because to kind of just gloss over because we would have to get really deep into it and teach it more. But that is a manifestation of the, of the Holy Spirit. That is a manifestation of the spiritual gifts. And um, so that would be that. Now in Acts chapter 5 and verse 15 it says, They brought the sick out into the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches. Now listen that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them and they were all healed. And they were healed. That was a manifestation of the gift of healing. Peter didn't even touch them, he just walked by them and his shadow went boom and they were totally healed. That was a manifestation of the gift of healing. Peter didn't do anything, just just happened. Isn't that powerful? So that's another way that healing can be received. Alright. Another way that healing can be received, and I could really go on and on about any of these, but I just want to kind of go over it so you encourage you to get into the Bible and start reading. Prayer cloths. Anybody ever hear of prayer cloths? Only a few hands. Now you see, you didn't know this was in the Bible, so I'm glad you came to church tonight. Because you're going to get some information that you never had. You don't know what a prayer cloth is. Shame on me. Because I probably should have prayer cloths here. But you say, I've got to teach you about prayer cloths. Right? And this is where we get it. In Acts 19.12 it says, Handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from Paul's body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. See, the anointing was on Paul. And so what they did is they took the apron. They took clothing from him. And they brought it to people and they placed it on them. And people were healed. They were delivered, they were set free. Now you may say, well, this is spooky. It's not spooky, it's Bible. This is Bible. I remember it was told about a man by the name of Smith Wigglesworth who lived many, many years ago. And I don't know if I have the story 100% correct, but um, again, don't put this on the radio because this is, I didn't really go back and read it. But, but it was told, he told a story about there was a woman, he was in England and there was a woman in America, and a man or a woman, somebody was really sick and they heard about Smith Wigglesworth and they wrote to him, and I don't, I don't, but all I remember is this part, that he took a prayer cloth, took just a handkerchief, he prayed over it, he put it in an envelope, mailed it to her, sent it to her. She took the prayer cloth, put it on her body, or they put it on the sick person's body. I don't know if it was the, the actual woman or man who wrote to him, but somebody wrote about the sick person because they heard about this anointing that he had on his life, and they put the prayer cloth on this sick person, And within a matter of hours she was raised from her bed and she was totally healed. Now that is a very chopped up Reader's Digest version of the story. But I just want to give you the essence that this is happening in this day and age. Prayer calls are real because the anointing is real. And if there is someone who is specially anointed, um, especially if they are anointed in this The gift of healing, but it can also be the man or woman of God, because when they're preaching and when when we're giving out the word, the anointing is strong on us. And and many some churches do this. You know, see, this is the problem: we're we're kind of falling away from these wonderful truths of the Bible, because we're focusing in on wrong things, wrong things. But there are churches that will put prayer cloths up on on the platform and as the preacher is preaching or put them somewhere in the building and at some point the elders go over or the preacher goes over and prays over them. then people come and take them and bring them out to folks to be healed. And we used to do that. I think we used to do that here years ago and I don't know how we stopped doing it but because we need to teach you about it because it's going to be meaningless to you if you just get a cloth and you don't understand what it is or you you don't have the faith to believe that the person who prayed over that thing has an anointing that it, see, and this is what we learn about the anointing are you getting something out of this or are you getting what this is what we learn about the anointing the anointing is transferable it can go from one person into a piece of cloth handkerchief and it can be delivered to another person and it can have an effect in their physical body isn't that powerful isn't that powerful so, the, so Paul was so anointed that they actually took cloths from him and aprons and they brought them to sick people and sick people were actually healed. But I'm going to tell you what that's the anointing. That's the anointing, all right? So prayer clause. And then the the last way that I wanted to just share um, is simply knowing and having faith for healing. Knowing that healing is yours and it's sort of what we started out with tonight but we'll finish with it. I's just knowing that healing is yours based upon Isaiah 53, verse four and five that we read tonight, Matthew 8:17, where it talk, talks about um, when P, uh, uh, Peter healed uh, I'm sorry, Jesus healed peter's mother-in-law and, and Matthew referring to it writing it says, this, is, this happened so that it might be revealed, fulfilled by the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and carried away our sicknesses or bore our sicknesses. so Matthew was just going back to Isaiah and saying, this is the fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment. He came to take our sicknesses and to bear our diseases and by his stripes you're healed. In, in First uh, Peter 2.24 it says again, "He who, uh, who he himself bore our sins on his own body on that tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. That's where it says we were healed. If you are healed you were healed. If you were, you is. I said, you is. You is, you are, you were, you were, you are, you is. You are healed. Say, by his stripes. I am healed. See, we're going to get our faith up for that, folks. Got to get our faith up. But like I said before, the, the, the better thing is to walk in divine physical health. And you can have faith for divine physical health. But here's a sermon for another time. You can't have faith for divine physical health and then, I know I hate to end this way, and then violate all the natural laws of good health. Am I telling the truth? You can't say, I'm going to have faith for divine physical health and then break all of the natural laws and go against it. You can't do it. That's why you've got to live clean. You've got to live clean spiritually. Mentally and physically. We're not going to put any pollutants in our mind or we're not going to open our spirit up to pollutants, but we're certainly not going to open up our bodies to things that can harm us or can have you know, a harmful effect upon our health. That's why Christians shouldn't, you ready? Smoke cigarettes. Leave your cigarettes in the garbage on your way out. Of course nobody came in with cigarettes tonight right you have to be dumb to be a smoker these days i mean with all the information you know you have to be a christian you just have to have you have to have a brain between your ears to not smoke but you can't you can't pollute the body all right divine physical health is top and that's what i'm believing for that's why i'm a fanatic about what i put in my mouth a fanatic about exercise Taking vitamins and nutrients and going to doctors that can help me to do that kind of thing. Because my quest is not for divine healing. My quest is for divine physical health. Now if the enemy gets in, I curse him right now in the name of Jesus and set up a blockade. But if I have something to fall back on, that's called divine healing. And it works every time.